Screenless. And welcome to another episode of Creative Cuppa. I'm Gareth Davis, a composer for TV and audio producer for podcasts. And in this podcast, I chat to people from all over the creative industries. There are so many amazing stories out there. I feel like I'm in a very privileged position to sit down with my guests and learn about their creative journeys. Today is no exception. John Sewell has found a way to help artists sell themselves by creating something that's part platform, part shop window and part community. I'll let him tell you all about it, but make sure you take a look in the show notes for the link to the website. You might enjoy scrolling through the fantastic art while you listen. So without any further ado, if you have a cup already, here we go. John Sewell, founder of Cosimo Online Art Marketplace. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, yeah, I've been listening to a few of the episodes and catching up, so uh, I feel pretty privileged and yeah, happy to be here. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. It's always nice to get good feedback, isn't it? So, John, <laughs> you are not the John Sewell born in 1926 who became head of graphic design for the BBC in 1955. No. You're a bit young for that. And you're not the John yeah. Sewell, the publisher and bookseller born in 1734. No. But it seems that your name is synonymous with the arts. And yet the, the other one I've, I've got is Brian Sewell. Who was the uh, the art historian and critic? Who, not that I'm aware of, there's no family ties there, but uh, have have been asked that. Before. Yeah, you should do. Uh, who do you think you are, or something on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you never know, do you? The the, the connections yeah, that you might find. No. I wonder if there is something in Absolutely. the genes <laughs> for creativity. But yeah. you are the founder, as I mentioned, of an online marketplace, Cosmo.art, just relaunched with lots of exciting things lined yeah. up. What can you tell me about that and how is the relaunch? Yeah, so the relaunch has been going really well. We, you know, as with any kind of techie project, there were a few glitches along the way, but but we've kind of ironed those out now and it's, you know, everything's um, kind of set up and working really well. But I suppose it's best to probably give an overview of the the concept behind Cosimo and where where it's come from. Essentially, I was working uh, a few years ago for various arts organisations and galleries, and I felt that there was an issue with how commission fees were affecting both buyers and sellers. And I launched, as it was then, Easel, to basically try and uh, break apart the, the kind of traditional way of buying and selling art and put the power in the hands of the artists and allow them to sell directly to their buyers without commission fees. And instead of charging the commission fees, we give artists access to the platform through a subscription service, essentially, which allows them to list their work, uh, as, make them as much work as they want, as much as they can to who, whoever likes their work, which hopefully removes some of the kind of traditional gatekeepers and, and makes it easier for people to, to get access on both sides of buying and selling. Fantastic. And does that come in tiers or is, you mentioned they can sell as much as they want? Yeah. So we do have uh, a couple of different tiers available uh, and they are primarily uh, at the moment relating to how much uh, support and community access they, they get. So the basic tier just gives them tools to, you know, access to the site and they can sell and, and manage their orders and track track everything and, and that sort of stuff. 
And then we've got two higher tiers called the community and growth packages and the community plan gives them access to partner discounts and monthly webinars uh, to try and help them through the the many challenges of being uh, an artist, particularly in the early stages of their careers, uh, as well as kind of extra community resources, eBooks and stuff that we we put together. Um, And then the growth plan, they get the same sort of stuff, but in a one-to-one context. Um, So they will meet with me once a month and we'll just go through stuff, look at how their work's selling, how they can maybe improve stuff, how we can help them. What we're trying to do is to to help a lot of artists navigate selling their work, which is obviously not an easy thing. I mean, and and a lot of artists there, they want to put all their effort into making stuff and the selling can actually sometimes be a bit of a, a bit of a pain really. So we want to try and help make that as easy as possible and guide them through that process as, as much as we yeah, can. Yeah, it, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, the creative industries are one of the biggest industries in the UK. And yet the concept of creativity and monetizing creativity is quite yeah. an odd concept to grasp and, and especially for creators. You know, you don't yeah. get into it to be uh, a business person or a, a seller. Yeah. You get into it because you love yeah. your art. So that's fantastic. You're basically coaching people through that process. I can see that. Yeah, an and, and that. it's definitely, like I say, we, try, we work primarily with kind of younger emerging artists and I've been in the industry for probably seven or eight years now. So, you know, I'm still kind of learning a lot of stuff as as we go. But I think just because I've, through running the business, I've found I was going through business coaching, uh, accelerator programs and all that sort of stuff. And I thought it's a shame that artists aren't getting just even someone to talk to about those sort yeah. of things or with the community aspect of what we do, introducing, you know, the chance for artists to say, so other people, other artists, I'm having this problem. How have you guys dealt with this? And that's been something that we saw that the artists were doing naturally yeah. anyway. So we wanted to try and formalize that and make it even easier for that, that those conversations. To yeah. Happen. Yeah. You know, I'm a composer and it, when I came into the composing industry, I saw lots of other composers who were quite guarded about what they do, you know, along the, along the way, I think it's way better to be open and friendly and and you definitely. just don't know what will happen you know, collaborations happen and and things like that yeah definitely i'm interested to know you say you've been in the industry seven or eight years how you got to this point you've worked with artists over your career haven't you yeah so i was studying art history at university partially because i'd i'd <laughs> i was i enjoyed history at school i enjoyed art at school and i couldn't choose between the two uh, didn't i see I somewhere bit... about art and drugs yeah, so I did my bachelor's and uh, master's both at University of Birmingham. And as my research developed through those courses, my specialism sort of ended up being uh, <laughs> the history of art and narcotics and the crops. unique. Yeah, it was, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it was a fascinating kind of journey to, to kind of go through to because it's, yeah, it's not been looked at in too much detail before. There's some really great histories of drugs and writing and and. And it, it's not necessarily you know, artists taking drugs, although there was an element of that, but it's more how artists have depicted addiction and oh. and how, you know, that has reflected societal changes to to drug use. So, yeah, so that was kind of where I, I ended up <laughs> having my focus, which, you know, obviously very different to what uh, I do day to day now yeah. with the business. Yeah. But it was when I was studying art history 
And I was really just trying to figure it out. I knew I wanted to work in the arts industry, but I had no idea really what that would look like. So I decided to, I was just getting experience at, uh, I was working for a, an art trail and, and a local gallery in the Lake District where I'm kind of from originally. And that's when I've started to work closely with artists and, and see some of the difficulties they were facing. And then, yeah, that evolved into the the, the, the platform and and it's in you know in that capacity then that's where I've been really kind of working with a small number of artists over the last couple of years who are kind of you would you might say are kind of early adopters to to build a platform around what their needs are and really work closely with them so I've worked with with the artists on other projects as well for other kind of freelance work I was doing along the way and I've done a bit of curating so yeah it's been all sort of stemmed from from my art history degree and knowing I wanted to work in art and with artists but never really it wasn't until uh, <laughs> I sort of started the business and threw myself in at the deep end I suppose that that I, uh, I realized yeah. that this is kind of where it would lead me. <laughs> do you find that because you're based in Birmingham yeah, aren't you? Correct. Uh, do you find that you you are drawn towards the art scene in Birmingham mm-hmm. or because of your platform you're kind of looking outwards yeah well uh, to the to the rest of the world? No definitely it's it's, it's interesting because I think Birmingham is a really great city for the creative industries and increasingly so with the commonwealth games coming up there's a lot of energy and and momentum i think building uh not just in the city generally but particularly with the creative side because it's something that i think the the people who are marketing the city uh, you know on a higher level i think they realize that that's kind of our cultural capital i suppose is is in the creative industry so that's it's a really kind of vibrant scene i would say but I've also been fortunate enough to work, you know, with some artists from all over the place, some of whom are now based in Birmingham, but have come from elsewhere. I've also been introduced to, you know, people in places like Costa Rica and learned about the art scene over there and, you know, amazing kind of stuff uh, going on there. So my vision is that Cosimo will will take over the world someday and, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a kind of much broader reach. But yes, we're kind of UK based at the moment, but like I say, you know, we're primarily in Birmingham at the moment. We've got a lot of Birmingham artists on there, although we have artists from all over the UK. But um, but having that kind of hub, I suppose, at this stage has been really useful, not only for us, you know, building the platform and making it work for the artists, but also just as a, a region, the West Midlands is, is putting a lot of support into to creative businesses like us. So it's been really great. Fantastic, fantastic. So artists coming into the industry, you've got a, a growth plan for them yeah but what advice would you give artists and, and any creative people really entering the creative industries about monetizing their art so one i mean just one of the biggest bits of advice i, I give to artists generally is just get yourself out there and build a network not only of other artists and creatives and it kind of goes back to what you're saying earlier you do have to end you have to kind of start treating what you do as a business so you need to start to think like, I could go to this networking event as an artist, which is a business networking event, but there's people there that could introduce me to opportunities and funding pots and there's all these sort of things going on. But if you stay too close to your own kind of network and, and you don't branch out, it's like any business, you'll struggle to expand and grow and find those new opportunities. And you'd be surprised where those opportunities would come, I think. I think in the arts, people think, Everything is in the arts, but they'd be surprised to see that a lot of other people 
are very interested in art and they want to get to know artists and they want to work with artists. So just, yeah, expand your, your network and, and don't be shy about treating things like, like a business. At the end of the day, it's something I've, I've spoken to a lot of artists about. You have to make money to keep doing this thing that you love doing. So you just have to figure out the ways that that works for you and that you're comfortable with to do that. But you, you have to be confident in those sort of settings, really. And, and you know, we're very lucky to have resources like LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok or whatever to enable some of those networks now as well. So it doesn't have to. You can do it quite easily and digitally. But yeah, just get your name out there and and you never know who or what opportunities will, will arise. Absolutely. It's, it's letting go of that comfort blanket, isn't it? And uh, yeah, not hiding yeah. away and just creating. Yeah. And I mean, the, the artists that I see that are the best, at least, that you know, they're the most exciting in, in some ways, are the ones that just put out every day the stuff they're working on, on social media, and that, you know, it requires a kind of level of vulnerability. But audiences love to see that. They love to see the process that gives them a connection. They see how you're growing. And it's, you know, it's almost like, you know, it must be when I was at school and did art, you know, you'd work on this sketchbook and then you'd have this final piece. And there's this kind of concept that it must be, there's this final end point piece yeah. kind of thing. But the process in art is really important. And people love to see that and they love to be let into that world, yeah. enabling other people to see into not only kind of how your work is made, but how your mind works. I think that's something that's yeah, really... Um, yeah, and take, taking the audience on the journey, isn't it? Yeah, and, and they love to yeah. be part of that because it makes them feel special and involved and that they've been supporting you through that journey as well. So that's, that's something I think is really important. Fantastic. So, John, where can people find Cosimo and you online if they want to come and find out more? Yeah, so cosimo.art is the home of the, the the marketplace and within that you can search for for the artists who are, who are on the site you know if you if you're interested in cats you want some cat art search cats and see what comes up in the search bar <laughs> uh, we're also on on instagram and uh, twitter at the moment just search cosmo art online uh, on instagram and, and we will hopefully pop up and and you know, if you give us a follow we we'll, we uh, we're always sharing our artists' work and trying to help give them a platform as well. So yeah, it'd be great if people could check it out. Great. I shall add those links in the show notes so it's dead <laughs> to find you online. But for now, John Sewell, thank you so much for joining me for a cuppa. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again to John for his time. I really like how he's going the extra mile to support artists by coaching them as well as providing the platform for them to sell their art. I think that puts Cosimo apart from other online shops in that John's vision is based on community and support. As I mentioned, you can find the website in the show notes, so go and take a look. Creative Cuppa is produced by the Sound Boutique for Screenless, and you can find links to all of that as well. Uh, And if you're around on Friday at 9am and fancy meeting up on video with some creative-minded people, we have a cuppa and a chat for around half an hour in the Creative Cuppa Facebook group. So come along. It'd be great to see you. That's all for now. So until next time, be kind, be creative, and thanks for joining me for a cuppa. Mm